Hey ladies. Okay, it's Becca here and we've got Dr. Jamie on with us today. So before we dive in, I'm going to challenge you guys if you can figure out who we're talking about by this description that I'm about to share. And I also want you to try to relate to this person and see if you can identify with them at all in their struggle. Because if you can, then I think you're going to get a lot of encouragement from today's episode and what this woman figured out. Okay. So yes, it's a woman. She spent all of her money going to every single doctor, every single area, any village, anywhere that she could find that promised to be able to help her. And she literally was kind of left with nothing. She was isolated. She was alone. She was unwanted. And she was totally embarrassed about the condition that she had. And she was just kind of in a really, really low place. So first of all, have you ever felt like that? Do you feel like that now? Um, you know what I'm going to ask? Like, are you trying to get pregnant and you're feeling like this? Like you've spent all your money on every doctor <laughs> possible um, or you're afraid to spend your money on the doctors and you're just nervous about it. You feel isolated. You feel like you're the only one going through this. You feel alone and like no one else is walking beside you with this. You don't know anyone who is because nobody's talking about it and you feel unwanted, you feel like you're questioning your identity as a daughter of Jesus Christ because you're dealing with this and you're confused about it. You feel embarrassed because your role as a woman is to get pregnant and, or I don't know, that's a desire of your heart, right? And it's not happening for you. So you're embarrassed about it and it's crazy frustrating and just wrecks your emotions anytime someone else has gotten pregnant or the other cow or the other dog has gotten pregnant. You're about to scream at the top of your lungs. So I want to share like there is a thread of hope for you because there was a thread of hope for this woman at the name of Jesus. So you guys are just going to love this episode. I encourage you to listen through it all the way. And all the way to the end, we're going to dig into this woman's background. We're going to dig into her transformation and then how this applies to you in the exact situation you're going through. So let's go. Hey sister, welcome to For the Love of Hormones podcast. Do you have a desire to get pregnant in God's design and be free from the pressure of going straight to IUI or IVF? Hey, I'm Becca. While I was blessed with two children, I then suffered from three miscarriages. I too felt emotionally wrecked anytime I was around a pregnant friend. I wanted to understand God's design for my body and how to care for it naturally, but I just kept telling myself that it was too complicated and I needed to be content with my circumstances until I found the answer, hormone health and tracking. In this podcast, you will find answers to all of your period, ovulation and cycle questions so that you will be able to find the path for getting pregnant in God's design. So sister, for the love of hormones, put that pregnancy test stick down and grab your Bible, matcha green tea and a journal because it's time for a come to Jesus and hormones meeting. Okay, so before we kick off into this really fun episode about the woman and leading, I just want to invite you guys to something really special. I've been working super hard on this. It is a free online community. One of the biggest issues that the clients I talk with and the women I talk with um, that they're dealing with is they feel really alone in their fertility journey. They feel alone in their health journey, in their conception journey. And they're off going to the doctors and getting the support 
or feeling frustrated with that support or lack thereof or whatever, and they just feel alone. So I want you to know you are not alone. I want you to come join us in this online community. You can just go to the link in the show notes right now. And I promise you guys will love just being a part of a group of women who are like-minded with you in Christ and also like-minded in a similar journey in your fertility and getting support. So come join us in there. And before we kick off, Dr. Jamie is going to open us up in a word of prayer. Yes. Father God, thank you for this moment to come together and just be in your presence, Lord. I, This is your podcast, your episode, and we just pray um, your blessing over it. We pray that you direct the conversation in the way you want it to go and that we just stay obedient to the message that you want these ladies to hear today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, Dr. Jamie, so excited to have you here and get to discuss with you. We are digging in to the bleeding woman in the Bible, the lady who was bleeding for 12 years. And so we're going to kick off with what was this condition medically? So I guess you can kind of kick us off with that. Like what was she doing with? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's not a ton of information. We don't know her age. We just know she's a woman in comparison to the 12-year-old ch- child who's the other half of the miracle in the story, right? So so she's. I don't think she's a teenager or, you know, I, in my mind, I think she's a lady in her like 30s, maybe 30s. Um, so um, there's a couple different things. Like first off, like all we know is she's just got this bleeding that just doesn't end. We don't know the the characteristics of it so much, but like, so I'm just going to drop a few medical terms for you if you'd like. Um, so dysmenorrhea, we've hear that quite often, and that is just painful, heavy flow. So dys means difficult and minnow is, is talking about the heaviness and the flow. Uh, rhea is flow. Um, you have menorrhagia, which is heavy or prolonged flow. You have Metaraja, which is more frequent bleeding, like bleeding in between your cycles or your cycles are super short and infrequent. And, and then you have the big one where you combine it. It's minometaraja. And so heavy, painful, frequent, prolonged. Um, so there's a whole spectrum into bleeding, abnormal vaginal bleeding, right? Um, and so in general, like no age discrimination, Things that might be happening would be, you know, iron deficiency, B vitamin deficiencies. Um, uh, you know, you don't know what her nutrition status was. We know she spent all her money. And so we don't know, you know, how good she's eating, what conditions she's living in. Um, she could have a thyroid dysfunction. She can have some uh, bleeding disorders, coagulopathies. Um and then for women who are like in their 30s or 40s, if that's what she's in, then I'm thinking, oh, maybe she has uterine fibroids. And that's that can cause some heavy uh, bleeding and, and difficulty for the uterus to like contract on itself and stop bleeding, right? Um, and then, uh, you know, if she's a little older in her 40s or 50s, then I'm, I'm like, I'm concerned that maybe she's got endometrial cancer, some sort of tumor causing it. So there's a, a variety of conditions that are possible and we can only speculate what she, which one was she dealing with? 
Oh my goodness, man, girl, you, you really went a lot deeper there than I imagined. I can't believe that there are so many of those different conditions. Um, good night. Do you, so we can't really know is what you're saying. Like it's, it may have been one of these, but we need to know more of her background information. Yep. It could, there's so many things and I'm sure there's, I mean, those are the most common. There's yeah. probably a few more you could add. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. Okay. So let's kind of go to, okay. So she was dealing with one of these medical conditions and I kind of want to go into what would she have been dealing with socially and emotionally in this time period? What are your thoughts? Yes. I love this question because a lot of people, you know, we are, we're missing the background of like the culture back then. Cause it's just, there's such a big time gap. And so sometimes we don't realize what the culture was back then for women. Um, and so she was deemed totally unclean just because of this issue. Um, she was probably living um, on the outskirts of town outside of the village. Um, nobody would touch her. If they touched her, they were unclean. And um, so she was deemed, she was condemned, deemed unfit unfit to be a wife, unfit to be a friend. She was probably completely alone. Um, and we know she spent her whole livelihood trying to fix herself. Um, so she was like financially at the bottom as well as emotionally, I imagine. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Do you remember, I meant to look this up before, how long they had to be considered out of like unclean and out of camp? Is it a week? I want to say it's a week. Like that's yeah. the first thing. Yeah, it's a week, I think. Yeah, so like she probably would get close <laughs> and then like there would go again. Like she was probably always uh, on the outskirts, like unable yeah. like, to join people and people, people shunned her probably. Yeah. When she I walked knew- by them, they probably like ran away. <laughs> like they like, didn't want to touch her, you know? Right. Have you seen The Chosen? Have you guys watched that? Yes. Yes. Such a good show. How do you feel like they depicted that part? I think I think they did a fantastic job. That was one of the ones I'm like, yeah, I think they nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it really brought to life like what she was dealing with and what I something I wouldn't have thought of was her clothes. Mm-hmm. Like y'all they didn't have washers and dryers back then. So not only was she being shunned emotionally, um it's interesting to think of she probably was not married. Um because no one yeah, I guess it would have been a big thing that someone would not have wanted to take her as a wife. But, and she was dealing with her like this constant bleeding. And in the, in the show, it, it literally depicted, she would just be kind of like walking through the town and she was just trying to get her groceries. She was just trying to shop at the little village market. And then she started bleeding. She was like, oh no. And she just had this moment of, oh shoot, this is not good. And, um, and then sure enough, someone saw it and they're unclean, unclean. And they were just totally shunning her. And she, she just had to take something like she had to eat. And then she had to run away and like go to the river to like wash her clothes again. And it was just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, And I know there's so many women out there that can totally relate to that. Like there's so many moms who can't even go watch their kid play ball because they they're bleeding so bad that they can't they can't afford to 
to stay in the, in the stands for two hours and watch a game because they might, you know, and have to deal with the, even like today, like we, we, like we don't deem people unclean, right? But you, you would, there's still that stigma of like, even, even though this is a natural bodily function, it, it, the enemy has still found, found a way to shun it and make it unacceptable. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. One more question on her background. What was her experience like with all the doctors that she went to? So for a little bit of context, good gravy context, Matthew five chapter 25. Let's just read it really quick. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. So let's just stop on that. Like, This literally says that she suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and she had spent all she had. So what could this experience have been like for her? Good grief. I think of like from a spiritual context, like she was like literally trying everything, everything. And I think about how people are doing that spiritually today of like, they're trying all this stuff, all this new age things, like literally everything but Jesus, literally everything but Jesus. And so like before she didn't know Jesus, right? So of course, like she's just going to try everything she can. You know, Jesus wasn't a big deal yet. So um, I imagine like she's like, oh, I, f- I go to a new village and I hear this doctor's great. And and this doctor just like, you know, oh, I'm going to fix you. I know the answer. I know what to do. Here you go. Or, you know, like maybe there's some doctors who genuinely thought they could help her and wanted to. And then how many of them were just sham that just saw an opportunity and didn't care and just took advantage of her and took her money? Who knows? But yeah. Oh, I'm so glad she met the ultimate physician. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. And we'll we'll come back to that once we kind of get to the application part of this. Um, like what are women doing today that may relate to this? But let's think about her transformation journey. So what was her perception of Jesus? What we can learn from the passage. What are your thoughts? So like I imagine like she just started hearing like all these like miracle stories and just like, yeah, okay, there's one like, okay, sure. It's a, and, but you know, when you start hearing multiple testimonies after multiple testimonies, you're like, can you imagine the hope that came out of nowhere? Like that revived in her of like, wow, like, like if anything's going to work, it's this, it's meeting Jesus. Like. Yeah. I, I just think of like that hope that was dead and just like coming back to life. Like how beautiful would that have felt? Right. Like legitimate hope too, because at this point she'd put in all of her hope in anyone and everyone who called themselves a doctor, whatever practice they did and had given them everything she had. And now she hears of this, this Jesus, maybe she'd heard that he was the Messiah. Um, I didn't dig into that. Like if he'd announced that he was the Messiah yet, I think it was a little bit after that he had asked his disciples and Peter said, you are the Messiah. But um, so chronologically, I'm, I'm not totally sure on that. Like if it was known that Jesus was the Messiah, but she I think, believed. Yeah, th- I think this happened before that. 
Okay. But she had enough faith to believe that I think this Jesus might be able to heal me. Mm -hmm. Man, that's so cool. Hey sister, do you want to come hang out with a group of women seeking to get pregnant just like you? Inside my free period cycle and ovulation group, you will find a safe space to finally talk about your fertility journey and not feel alone, all while being pointed back to God on this journey. Join us now on Facebook by clicking the link below in the show notes. I would love to approve your membership into the sisterhood. Also, if you haven't taken the hormone imbalance quiz yet, check it out to see what your hormones are trying to tell you based off some questions about your period. And yes, those questions are really funny and should make you laugh. The link for the quiz is also in the show notes. So just scroll on down. So another question is, how did she go to him for healing? Like in what approach? And we talked about this earlier. So I'm excited for you to kind of talk about this. Yeah. So I like, this was the first thing that came to my mind and I wrote was like downloading knowledge (laughs) and writing it down. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, so from Mark and Luke, and I didn't read Matthew. I only read those two. I know it's in Matthew too. But in Mark and Luke, it says she came from behind. She approached him from behind. And so I was like, in my, you know, all I was saying about that, I was like, she didn't come to him. She didn't run up to him. She didn't approach him and scream or cry or demand or feel sorry for me. Like, why are you doing that? Like, why is this happening? Like, she didn't do any of that. Instead, she was strategic and she came up behind him and she knew that she just pursued. She had faith and she just chased after and pursued him. And she came up with a plan to get to him um, because it wouldn't have been easy for her because I'm sure everybody knew who she was and would have called her out. I thought like the chosen did a fantastic job of showing, like depicting that picture. But why, I'm like, why did she do, like, why did she do that? Like, there's a, like, obviously she had to avoid the crowd, right? And that was part of the strategy. Like, she had to ignore every, ignore the crowd and, like, hide from them and get to Jesus. Like, that's all that mattered. But, like, from her personal perspective, like, she did not feel like a daughter. And so I don't think she felt worthy enough to even come up and just kindly ask for mercy and healing from Jesus. Like, I don't think she identified as being somebody who could do that. And so when, and that's when, and after she receives her miracle, like he's, you know, trying to like, who, who took power from me and she's trembling and afraid. And he affirms her right then and there that he, that she is his daughter. And she, he affirms her identity with her, within herself and with everybody around, like, no, like, this is my daughter and, you know, get up, you're healed. Your, <laughs> your faith has healed you. Yeah. And I just think like, wow, it's so cool. But I was like, how many of us get so frustrated and we identify as daughters and, you know, it makes me think like, how are we, how are we approaching Jesus with our own issues? Like we have so much to learn from this woman's example um, I'm going to read what she just described. So now we're in Mark 5, 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. 
And then it goes on in verse 30. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Man, so Jamie, like the Holy Spirit totally downloaded to you what was happening that she did not see herself worthy because she came up from behind. She had faith enough. If I can just touch him, I know he's the Messiah. I know he can heal me, but I'm not worthy to even ask for it. And, and that it's affirmed when, you know, she touches the cloak, she is healed. Jesus is like, who was that? And she comes up like shaking. She is afraid. She has like a holy reverence. She feels unworthy and he affirms her. Just like you said, you are my daughter and your faith has healed you. I just can't help but like daydream. And like, I just want to like daydream on it for like an hour or so. of just like, what did that feel like? Like, yeah. like, whoa, like just to know, cause like how many of us, like we're on our cycle and it's coming off. I'm like, are we done yet? I can't tell. Like maybe she freaking knew at that moment, like what kind of power like went through her? What did that feel like? And just to know, like it's done, it's gone. Like just to feel it. It's just, wow. Like what in the world did that feel like? Yeah. I cannot even imagine And I wonder how her identity changed after that. Like she went from, I am unworthy. I am unclean. No one even sees me. No one wants to look at me to, I am a daughter of the most high Messiah of the most high God. And I am freed. Like, oh my goodness. If you're listening to this and you're not a believer, (laughs) like if you know someone who is not a believer and is struggling with their identity, you should probably send this to them because God's word is living and it's active. And there's a big gospel message in here. So let's kind of transition. So how do, like, let's talk about the application part. How do women today deal with chronic health conditions. This was a chronic health issue that this woman was dealing with for 12 years. So how are women today handling this? Mm, If I'm being honest, most of them are doing it alone. Yeah. Yeah, Most of them are doing it alone. And with this specific issue with like heavy, painful menstrual bleeding um, from a medical standpoint, they're just, they're going to their gyne, most of them, because they're like, okay, this is a gyne issue. And the gynecologist will say, okay, well, we can control the bleeding with birth control pills and you'll be good. Or sometimes even the the uh, birth controls, uh, contraceptions and all that are not working. Um, and they're like, okay, well, what? you're done having kids, right? Let's just take it out. Be done with it. You'll be happy. And um, that's not a good answer either. Like, I'm a firm believer you shouldn't be altering your your anatomy, your God-given design um, for this problem. Um, but that's everybody's choice. You know, I'm not walking in other people's shoes. And if you've done that, you know, I feel for you because I can't imagine having to make a decision like that to right. you get to a point where you feel like you have to remove an organ in order to have a good quality of life. 
And unfortunately, but, that's like the standard of care. That's and I the think, standard. That's the, that's what's so bogus. Right. And I think if you can like share light on this, from my understanding, especially when I talk with older women, like women who are in their 50s and 60s, yeah. um, sorry, you guys are not that much older, but like you're older than we are, right? So you've been through a lot more life than us. You're more wise. But whenever I talk with these women, the care of women's health was even more poor than Mm -hmm. it is today because like we are activists to talk about, you know, hey, let's advocate for yourself in your healthcare journey and all of that. That this conversation, like the conversations that you and I are having that other people, the Lord is calling up to have, those weren't happening, you know, 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. so I, anytime I talk, like I would, I'm so excited to hear you talk about this, but anytime I talk with a 50 or 60 year old woman, which isn't super often, but I hear just like, oh yeah, like I had to get my uterus taken out because of this, or I think I may have had a miscarriage, but I don't know. I just had really long and heavy periods, but I don't know. And so they just put me on birth control and now I have cancer. Like all the, like it's just like this rabbit hole. So I want to hear your perspective on that. It's crazy. I can't tell you how many, um, how many women are like, oh, I I had a hysterectomy. I'm like, partial, total. Did they take your ovaries? And they have no clue. And I'm like, okay, well, when it's we can do your well woman exam, and I'll tell you if you still have a cervix or not. And I had one just this week of like, okay, um, wasn't sure, and let's do the exam, and it's all gone. And she's so sensitive. Like, and I was like, has it always been like this since your surgery? She's like, yes. And I'm like, wow, like you trade, you trade one problem for another. And it's just, it's just, just because like, yeah. And so like they get this, they get this misconception of like, oh, if I just take it out, then everything's going to be fine. And that's not always the case. But there's so many more things you can do before ever even considering going down that road. So I think one of the things that God's been revealing to me is kind of this hierarchy of structure of what what we should do when we're having a problem. And this applies to anyone and everyone. Um, I even do this with my own kids. Like they get a scrape or they get a boo-boo or I apply this with my clients. Like they're trying to get pregnant. So this hierarchy of structure of who do we go to and when. So number one, Jesus. He should be the first one we go to when we are in pain, when we are struggling, when we need support physically, emotionally, whatever. We're talking about more physical stuff, but Jesus Christ is the healer. He is the Prince of Peace. Um, He is is our ultimate doctor. He is God, right? And so we have access to him. We have access to him. And so he should be absolutely the first one we hit the floor to our knees in prayer and submitting ourselves to him and asking him for healing. That is the absolute first, first thing in the hierarchy of like, I have a problem. What do I do? (laughs) Go to Jesus. Number one. Um, And I need reminders of this sometimes. And then this is like one of the things I remind my clients on, like they'll come to me and they'll have this issue. And I'm like, okay, well first, how has it been talking to God about this? And sometimes they remember and sometimes they're like, oh, I forgot. Like, okay, go do that first. (laughs) So, um, so that's number one. And then number two, and this is all before we go to a doctor, Jesus first. And then number two, I feel like is self accountability, self responsibility. So we have a body that God has given us and we have tools that the Lord has given us. 
Are we using them and are we taking care of it? So are there things that we can do from home? Are there things that we can utilize from the earth that the Lord's given us um, and other natural things to try to work it out? with Jesus in partnership with him and asking him to guide us with, okay, Lord, what should I do? What can I do differently to help support this? And then the third thing in this hierarchy is then we go to the doctor, right? So if we've gone to Jesus, we've submitted this to him, we're doing everything that we can in our responsibility and what we know in our real house. And then if we're still dealing with this issue, then we can go to the doctor. And I think that is totally biblical because there's a lot of people who are called out and who have issues with going to the doctor first and then try to fix it themselves. And then they pray about it. So anyways, I'm curious your thoughts on kind of that hierarchy. I completely agree. It's literally the opposite of what this woman did. (laughs) You know, and I completely agree with that. And I love the self accountability portion and and that's what that's all about women empowerment and that's why we're doing what we're doing is to help women become more self accountable and to bridge the gap for these women and and that's where um you know if you if you don't even know where to start you know you're always always ask Jesus always ask Holy Spirit to you know reveal things to you and and if you really do earnestly ask and he will, he will reveal things to you. And then when it, it comes to the self-care and things like that, you're, you're not even sure where to go. That's where, that's where hormone coaches come in too. Like they're here to help you in that process of identifying these things and things that you should bring to God, things that you can then ask your doctor. Um, they're, they're, they're your advocate to help you be a better advocate for yourself. Absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jamie, for walking through this with me. I'm excited to listen back to this. I was trying to take some notes while you were talking, but because you mentioned so much. So your wisdom is amazing. Thank you for sharing with us. And yeah. I am going to close this out with a word of prayer and just, yeah. I do I do want to add one more thing because, yeah. um, you know, um, there are probably some women who are like, man, I wish I had a doctor who was as faithful as Dr. Eller, right? Dr. Jamie. And so I thought this would be a good episode to just tell people, like many people that probably don't realize there's a, a medical association, Christian Medical and Dental Association, CMDA. And you can um, go to their website. There is a page. There's like a physician directory and you can type in, I think, your zip code and and just see what doctors are in that area that are part of this organization. And so I think it's very important to have a doctor that aligns with your beliefs. Absolutely. I love it. I just recorded an episode on that. So I'm totally, we'll, we'll link this in the show notes. Cool. This is so awesome. I'm so glad um, you mentioned that. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, we just come before you and I thank you so much for guiding our discussion tonight. Well, this morning. (laughs) Um, Thank you, Lord, for guiding our discussion this morning and um, just revealing through us your holy word and digging deeper in it and our knowledge and convicting us on who we are in you and who are we running to, Lord. And I pray that whatever issue that this woman is dealing with, God, that you would remind her of the hierarchy of structure to go to you first and to submit everything to you first, Lord, wholeheartedly. Um, I pray you would give her a discipline to 
and a discipline and just a knowledge of like, what should she be doing and what can she do on her own first? Um, and then, and then yes, Lord, we pray for goodness, Lord, every single woman listening to this, that she would be connected with a Christian doctor, a Christ following believer who can help support her medicinally as she needs it. So thank you, Father, so much for for this. We pray for a blessing upon this listener. We pray for a healing and anointing upon this listener. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So yay. So ladies, wrapping up again, like you are not alone. Okay. This woman felt so alone and so isolated. And I know it's really, really common today that you may be feeling alone and isolated, but you're not. So come join us in that online community that I'm working really hard to make professional and fun and welcoming and a really safe space where you can talk about your your fertility junk with other people because it's needed, right? So just go down to the show notes and click on that link and you can request to join um, our community. So that's all we have for you guys today. We will see you next Thursday. Bye. Okay, girl, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts? Literally just pause this, scroll on down, click write a review, and I promise it'll take two seconds, well, maybe like 25 seconds, and it would bless me so much to see what you thought about this episode and to hear your feedback. And also, if you could share this in a quick text message to the friend or family member that you were thinking of while listening to this episode, that would be awesome. It just lights me up to know that this podcast is helping you and other people. And girl, I pray that your progesterone is awesome. I'll meet you back next Thursday for another episode. Have a blessed day.